Welcome to Women Express. I am so thrilled to be here today. I'm your host, Denise Harrington. I have a very exciting episode for you that you won't want to turn off the key of your car or move away from your phone. This is going to be an exciting interview with someone that's been dear to me for so many years who has transformed the lives of many, Deborah Poneman. I want to tell you a little bit about Deborah. Deborah says that she is the mentor of mentors, that she mentors people to be their highest best. It's quite phenomenal, not only their highest best, but she believes her greatest gift is her deep belief in everyone's magnificence, and I would say every woman's magnificence. Her ability to convey that belief, to activate it in her clients, and the audiences, her own audiences and others, she believes creates profound and lasting transformation. Deborah was one of the first persons who inspired my voice. So I am a lucky girl today to capture her and have her come and be a part of Women Express. This whole platform is about transformation and it's all about making sure that each and every one of you who's listening today has the tools and the inspiration to speak your truth. And not only to speak your truth, to speak with impact. So welcome, Deborah. Woohoo. Oh, Denise, this is so fulfilling to me. I, I just have to start right out by saying that when I taught my seminars in the 1980s and people like you attended them, and you know that saying that the greatest fulfillment for the teacher is when the students surpass the teacher. When I see all of your success and what you have done in your life and all of the lives that you have transformed, it is so fulfilling to me. And it really brings tears to my eyes when I just see you blowing it up on so many different levels through your various businesses. And, and it's just, it's pretty awe-inspiring. So it's an honor to be back here with you. Well, right back at you. The two of us can even mirror our experiences and even track our experiences because Deborah's done the same. She started this workshop called Yes to Success. And if you were anybody in our circle of friends, you had to take Deborah's Yes to Success. And we did all of our little worksheets and all the things that really were the platform to our success today. So I would say she was an early guru to me and she's a very dear friend. I want to ask you though, how did you get your voice? Now, before Deborah answers that question, I just have to let you in on a little secret about her. I think Deborah probably came into the world day one using her voice, not only crying, but she probably had already formulated several sentences and great ideas that she put out into the world. This woman is quite the communicator and her voice has inspired, as you already know, many people. But I want you to tell your story. How do you feel you got your voice? Well, I do have to tell you that my mother's famous saying was not that I came out, uh, was born with a voice, but she said, I came out of the womb happy. And I always say to her, mom, what does that mean? Like I popped out with a big smile on my face. And she said, yeah, basically. <laughs> so that is what she did say about me. But I will tell you a version of my story of how I started my Yes to Success seminar, because I think that it will serve your listeners. 
Because when I was 19, I became a meditation teacher. I went to teacher training and I became a teacher of the Transcendental Meditation Program. And I loved teaching meditation because it powerfully transforms people's lives. But after about 10 years of being full-time in the TM movement as an administrator at Maharishi International University and also as a TM teacher, I figured out about 10 years later that woman does not live by mantra alone <laughs> and, and <laughs> that so it true. was right. And it was absolutely time that I made some money because it was a nonprofit. And what I realized is that I needed things like health insurance and car insurance and possibly even a car to insure. So I thought to myself, okay, how do people make money? Because I just wanted to make money fast and then go back to teaching meditation again, which was what just made my heart sing. So I moved from the meditation community that I was living in in Iowa and I moved to Los Angeles. And you know that expression, you make plans and God laughs. Well, mm -hmm. God had a big, big laugh over me making money in Los Angeles because I started selling investments. I was such a dismal failure. I actually never sold even one, <laughs> but I tried. But one day I was invited to a seminar, a money seminar. I thought it was going to be on stocks and bonds and maybe it would help me make one sale. But it was actually done by the Learning Annex, and it was a seminar, and this is 1980, on the law of attraction. And wow. what the gentleman said was, the way to become wealthy and successful was to think prosperous thoughts, because if you're always thinking, oh, I'm so broke, I'm never going to get out of debt, I don't, you know, and you have all kinds of fear around money, we're like tuning forks, and we attract that lack of money to us, because that's what we're vibrating, and if we want to be wealthy and successful, no matter what your financial situation is, talk about how it's going to shift and how you see your future and you see the money that's going to be pouring to you. And then you vibrate that and you attract that. Bottom line, I was so blown away by this body of knowledge that I knew at that moment why I had moved to Los Angeles. And that was to go to that seminar because I knew for the rest of my life, that's what I wanted to teach, that your mind creates your reality. And I went home and I wasn't sure how I was going to do it, but I woke up the next morning and I woke up my then husband, you know, I've had a couple. I woke up my then husband <laughs> and I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do exactly what that guy's doing and I'm going to spread it all over the world. And, and, but here's the deal about the voice. An idea comes to you because it is supposed to be manifested through you. That's why we all have different ideas. You have the idea to do a podcast called Women Express. So I have the idea to start a success seminar company. And the reason why I believe, I believe that, that I know this is a little woo-woo, that the creator, the God of your understanding, whispers into your ear, write a book on leadership, go into corporate America and teach people how to be happy, whatever it is. You get that whisper because you're the one that is supposed to use your voice and do it. Yeah, and that's the what creator, they say. People right. come in with, you, you actually do come in with that blueprint already. And a big part of your life is just the unfolding of that blueprint. Absolutely. And Denise, here's the other thing. You get it whispered in your ear at the time that it's needed in creation. Mm -hmm. There's an expression, God has no hands but yours. 
God can't start a podcast called Woman Express. <laughs> so <laughs> God whispers that to you. And, and if we don't grasp that opportunity, and we could ask your listeners, how many of you have had a great idea and you never did anything about it? And then a year later, it's somebody else has, and you're like, that was my idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, you had first dibs, but yeah. you didn't do anything about it. And that needed to be manifested on the planet at that time. So the idea went to somebody else who was willing to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to face my fears. Well, actually, I didn't. What happened was when I had the idea to teach my seminar, I spent like six months studying the great masters of success and prosperity, Napoleon Hill and Wallace Waddles and Florence Shin. And after six months, I had this kick-ass introductory presentation and a kick-ass seminar. And I froze. I was like, who am I to be teaching these people how to be successful? I have a degree from Maharishi International University. I'm broke. I drove a beat up 1968 Chevy Bel Air that my aunt had left me when she <laughs> passed away, right? You probably remember that car. But I knew from what I had learned from these great masters that the idea came to me because I was supposed to manifest it. So I had to do something to, in order to kick my butt, to make me use my voice. And that was I had to take a step from which there's no turning back. And in 1981, what it was, was going around and putting up posters. <laughs> Deborah Olson, which was my name at the time, to give a talk on how your mind creates your reality. Say yes to success. Santa Monica Public Library. And I put those posters up because I was scared. I mean, imagine. I was so scared. But I knew that it was my dharma. I knew that it was why I was put on earth, but I had to do something that I couldn't turn back. And you know the rest of the story. I went, walked into the Santa Monica Public Library. The room was overflowing. There was standing room only. And with, within the next few years, my seminars were being taught in every major city in the U.S., from New York to Boston, San Diego, San Francisco. You were there in Washington, D.C., and um, I had reps teaching them all over the world. Yes, you did. It's amazing how much your seminars influenced people and influenced the world and still are. That's the most important piece to the puzzle. One thing that you said that was so very interesting, you do have your own path. Everybody has their path. But the thing you did is that you faced the fears and then you went out and you started to do the work. That's why this podcast exists. I, I've been teaching executives for the last 30 years, as you know it, on how to get out on the platform called the speaker circuit and how to get out there and really speak or even at big seminars or big, big sales meetings. When you step out on that stage, whether it's at a library or it's in front of the, your, your, the boss that you have or it's in front of the analysts that you're working with or need to unroll and you take that brand out there and you start to speak about it, that's when life happens. That's when that idea goes from the idea to the manifestation of the idea. The voice has a lot to do with that. And you do have to push past that fear. I mean, everybody's nervous when they speak. If you're not, take your pulse. You're dead. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you something else that, that kind of will amp down the fear of manifesting your idea. This is just a little aside. When you have an idea of what you want your platform to be, what you want to express in the world, don't tell everybody what you're going to do until you manifest it to the point that when those people who are members of the discouragement committee, those people who are going to tell you all the reasons why your idea won't work, that you have manifested it to a point that even if the discouragement committee shows up and they will, you are so powerful in your commitment to your platform that their discouragement cannot crush you. So don't share your ideas. What is sacred should be kept secret. Your ideas are sacred. And when they're tiny seeds that could be easily crushed, don't share it with the world. Wait until that seed has grown into a strong plant. So when the discouragement committee shows up, it's like, you know what? I've already manifested this. I, it already has its own momentum. And it's just like a flea that you could just flick away. But yes, and I love what you said about if you get up on the platform and you're not nervous, then you are dead. And Denise, you and I both know, we've both been speaking 30, 40 years. Oh, don't calculate how old we are, but we've been speaking for yeah. a long time. Remember, we were young when we started out. That's right. Right out of the womb, boom, yeah. we started. But the thing about it is, is that right now, we don't have time to give in to our fears because we are the messengers on the planet and God knows the planet needs our messages. And I used to be so tolerant of people like, oh, but I'm scared and I'm an introvert. I don't care what kind of vert you are. The <laughs> world needs your message. And that message wouldn't have been given to you if you were not supposed to express it. And that's why this program is so important and why the timing around it is, I mean, the other day, Deborah and I had dinner together and she said, well, how did you put all this together? And literally, it happened literally overnight. It was a thought that I had. I had put no attention to it, but it just manifested. It really did just happen in three days. At the end of the three days, I had a podcast and we were up and ready to go. But once I was in the middle of experience, experiencing this podcast coming to life, what I realized is I kept pinching myself saying, oh my goodness, this is exactly what is needed. Deborah and I were both at, speaking of timeliness, at the Women's March almost two years ago. Yeah, side by side. And I don't think I had seen you for many, many years. And here we were together side by side with all these women from every walk of life, just seeing the different pictures of all around the world, I mean, women coming together. It was incredible. That to me, and I've been teaching women's leadership and women speaking programs, all kinds of corporate speaking programs for many years, as we've said, that was a defining moment. That defining moment opened the floodgate and set the stage for us to tell our story. Not only tell our story, but tell it with power, tell it with strength, tell it with significance, and get our ideas out there to truly, truly help to transform this world. We're at that place in the I Ching called the critical mass. Everything is the worst and everything is the best. It's that time where opportunity is there and knocking. And I'm just saying, 
open up the doors, ladies, and let's get going. Absolutely. And I remember that day was one of the greatest days of my life with those millions of women and with our pink hats on walking through the nation's capital. There was so much hope. And what we have to do is continue to stand side by side because there is strength in numbers. And we have to continue to join with our sisters. We cannot tear each other down. There is no time right now for jealousy. Or I was actually talking to another dear friend of ours last night, Janet Atwood, who I know you're going to have as a guest, who is the founder of The Passion Test. And I was saying about as Denise knows, after my career got to its peak, where I was about to have my own daytime TV talk show, and my book was in the hands of a major agent, and she was shopping it to publishers, and I gave it all up. And we might be able to talk about that in a second. But after 21 years, when I came back on the speaking circuit, my friend Janet said to me, I'm going to get you some speaking engagements. And boom, 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 she got me three speaking engagements. And I said to her, but Janet, you speak on basically the same thing I do. What if they like me better? And she (laughs) said, if they like you better, then they like you better. And there will be other people who like me better. (laughs) And and that's what we have to do. There is no time for, you know, when we're going to be the most successful, when we do introduce our friends to our agent, even if their book is on a similar subject as ours. When we do introduce our friends to clients or promoters, even if their subject is similar to ours, because we don't have time for jealousy. We don't have time for tearing each other down. We only have time to move onward together. Well, this is wonderful. And if you all have been listening to previous podcasts, we earlier This week, I did an interview with the vicar of the Washington National Cathedral, and she talked about how she got a voice and how that platform, the international platform of that place, has helped her transform herself. But she realized that how important it is for women to support one another, because when she stood up to be a woman priest... She said she would do all the work to put these things together and the sermon and she would be the celebrant and everything. And then there would be the men in the audience would come up and they'd look at the men on either side of her that were co-doing or whatever they call the co-celebrants. And they would go, great job. And they wouldn't even look at her. And she had been the one to do the work. And I'm saying that because what Deborah is saying, ladies, women, we have to support each other. We have to believe in each other, even if the other woman's dream seems crazy. Or it may be that she is with her wildest success. You still have to support because one thing that Dana said, the vicar of the Washington Cathedral, is that oftentimes arrows are, sh- are shooting at her because she's standing up saying her truth. And there's going to be times when you're out there and you're saying what you're saying and people are not going to believe you or be behind you 100%. But that's where we come in handy, the women in your lives. Trust the women in your lives and be a woman that another woman can trust. Wouldn't you say that's true, Deborah? Absolutely. And the other thing is that, yes, it said, you know, if, if there is room in your heart for one enemy, your heart is not a safe place for a friend. And right now, another thing that I think that we have to be careful about is we see so much hate, but when we hate the haters, then we're haters. 
And that's why I love the term sacred activism, that we need to be active. We can't just, you know, meditate Om. you know, the world's going to be a better place. We got to get out there and do something about it. But it's not going to be by pushing against anybody. It's not even by pushing against or making wrong or saying shame, shame, shame to our leaders, whether they're women or men. It's about building up and it starts with each other. Yes. Because if we are going to tear down each other, then this world is not going to get to be is not going to be a better place. And you know we we, do things that we're not going to do. Exactly. That's so true. And, you know, it's so funny because we've been kind of coining the phrase around here in our office about everyday Oprahs. There are everyday Oprahs out there. Each of us is an everyday Oprah. It may not be our time to be on the platform, but even the small voice, just one voice can really, really inspire the collective. And the other thing is, is some of our friends are going to be those big stars. And I'm bringing this up because, Deborah, I know you have this story. I mean, Deborah and and several of our other friends all were doing big things. And I was doing big things, too, but I put part of my business on hold to raise children. And there are many of you who are listening today that that's where you're at. You're on hold. That whisper Deborah talked about is on hold. And I used to feel, oh, my goodness, all my friends are so successful and I'm not doing and, you know, I've been successful. Now I'm not. La, 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 la. And I had a major aha the other day. And this may not be true for every woman out there, but it is true for a lot of us because you either put your life on hold for your children, your parents, those people that we care for. That's part of who we are as women. And I put on hold to raise my two children. So to me, I've contributed to the world in a way that will make a difference. I have two successful, wonderful children that are out there on the platform, their own platforms, becoming who they are. So don't ever feel bad that anybody's ahead of you on any way, because whatever your focus is at the time, that is your success. And that is wonderful to be able to take the moment to take care of your family in some way. That is your success. What do you think, Deborah? Well, you know, I agree. And I also believe that Each of us was put on earth for a purpose. And if we take off a year to be with our mother while she's making her transition, or if we take uh, six months off to work on a political campaign or two years off to go to Africa and hold AIDS babies or 21 years off, as I did in my case, to be home with our kids, Our dharma, what we were put on earth to do, is not going to go away. As a matter of fact, if you follow your heart, it's the surest route to living your dharma. And um, I'm going to tell a a quick story, which I, I think, Denise, I might have shared with you before. I think that the listeners have gotten the picture that at the height of my success, I gave up my career when my daughter was born, and I just took one look at her, and I thought, I teach. The basis of my teaching is to be authentic, to be in alignment with your message, because you know what? People can smell inauthenticity a mile away, and if you're up on the stage saying one thing in your life, you are acting a completely different way 
you can't get away with it these days. But even back then, I taught people to follow their hearts and that will never lead you astray. And my heart wanted me to stay home with my daughter. And I gave up my career, the TV show, the book, the seminars. Uh, I remembered that there was a promoter in Singapore who called me and said, I heard you had the baby. Let's set up your tour of Southeast Asia. And I said, you know what, Chiang, you're going to have to call me back in 18 years. (laughs) (laughs) And it turned into 21 after my son was born. But People say to me, oh my goodness, didn't you ever doubt that you made a mistake? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course I doubted that I made a mistake. Do you think that when all my friends, I mean, I once had four friends in the top 10 on the New York Times bestseller list, you know, because they were your friends too. And I'm home knee deep in dirty diapers. (laughs) You don't think that I doubted. I'm going to tell you a quick story. One time I was home with my kids. They were like four years old, four and two probably at the time. And I remember they were exceptionally cranky that day. So I put them in front of the TV, which I usually don't do. But they wanted to watch Barney, you know, that big purple dinosaur thing. And I'm doing this channel check to find Barney. And all of a sudden, I see Oprah. And I see one of my students on Oprah. And not only was he on Oprah, but he was demonstrating for Oprah the power of the mind using a demonstration that he had learned at my seminar, which is completely fine because when I retired for 21 years, I said to my students, take my information. You don't even have to remember where you got it from. The world needs it. You don't have to give me credit. So I was thrilled that millions of viewers were (laughs) seeing this demonstration of the power of the mind. However, there I was with these two whiny kids on the couch, and there he was with Oprah, and I was absolutely convinced that I had totally ruined my life, and I'm standing in front of the TV, and I'm weeping, like sobbing, like, oh, what did I do? What was I thinking? I get them, he gets her. And the only thing that broke me out of my self-imposed pity party was my daughter, true story. She goes, mommy, I go, yes, sweetie, she goes, I think you forgot our popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to kids to make it relevant. Leave it, Leave right. it to them and to I, make it relevant. But here's the beauty. The beauty of it is, is that we truly never not do our work. And That's those right. kernels of wisdom, that light, that that energy, that transformation. We, I know your kids, you know my kids, and I'm sure that our children will take the legacy of what we've built and the time that we spent giving that knowledge to them is well worth it. And the other thing about you should know about Deborah and myself. Yes, we said we were raising our kids, but we always kept a little pinky in our inspirational kind of business. We always have. I mean, how do two people like us not inspire the people that are around us? It is a thrill to be with you and I hate to go, but you know what? I promised Deborah the other day that we'd come back and we'd do more. These programs are designed for you guys to listen to while you're on your commute. And I don't want you to hang up or miss anything. So they're always designed to be a 30-minute talk that you can pop in and hop on the bus and go. That, that Google bus between San Francisco and Silicon Valley or that max that's leaving from the Bay Area or Cross or the DC subway. This is what it's designed for. So I want to open up to ask Deborah to tell us a little bit about how we can get in touch with her. And then I've got some surprises too. 
Okay. And can I tell one other really short story? One minute? Yeah. One minute. Okay. So here's the thing. You get in touch with me, yes to success.com. That's the easy part. Okay, we're done with that. Y-E-S-T-O success.com. Yes, success. And I just want to say one more thing about using your voice. And it's a story from Kabbalah, the Jewish mystical text, where a guy goes to heaven and the and the keeper at the gates of heaven said, Why do you think you should be led into heaven? And the and the man says, I've always been a nice person. I've never ruffled anybody's feathers. I've never said a harsh word to anybody. Everybody loves me. I don't have an enemy in the world. And the guard at the gates of heaven said, you have just earned yourself a first class ticket to hell. <laughs> and, and the point was that right now, it's not enough just to be a good person and be a nice person and a kind person. We also have to speak up. We also have to speak our truth. I love the quote from Madeleine Albright, the first woman secretary of state. It took me quite a long time to develop a voice. And now that I have it, I am not going to be silent. This is not the time to be silent. It is not the time just to be nice. And sometimes it's scary to use our voice, but now is the time to stand in the fire of your own discomfort because we don't have any more time to fool around. We got to use our voices if we want this world to continue. Yes, we do. See, I knew Deborah would be a great addition to our program. She's telling you it's time, women. Express. Thank you so much. Our website is womenexpresspodcasts.com. That's womenexpresspodcast.com. The other thing I want you all to know is that next in two weeks on the 15th of November, I'm going to be a guest speaker in the women's series called Women's Voices at the Washington Natural Cathedral. I'm so excited about that. And the week after me will be Marion Williamson. So I'm in good company. Lots of things are going to be happening really soon that I want you to be a part of. The other thing I want to let you know is that we're going to have something every week. Each week, we're going to release another wonderful podcast with people like Deborah. And before Deborah, before we hang up, I want to say thank you. I love you so much. You've been always an inspiration to me. It brings tears to my eyes as well. You're a woman who I want to support and I'm glad to support and have always supported to do the best. So come on, women. Let's express. Thanks for now. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us. Give us good ones. Review and subscribe. And if you love the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. That's collectively Women Express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now. <laughs>